Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in to us today. So we've got an absolutely amazing life lesson with you today and it's with um, a gorgeous friend of Now Is Your Time, a lady by the name of Heather McDonald. And Heather lives over in Canada. So for us English guys, she's super exotic, okay? So, <laughs> oh. so you're gonna hear a lot from Heather today. So just to give you some ideas. So a few years ago, Heather's life changed literally overnight. And today she's gonna talk to us about what happened to her in that moment in time and what life lessons she's taken away from it. So hi, Heather. Hello. It's so fun to hear my name with your accent, especially McDonald's, because I'm used to, you know, McDonald. And you guys say it sounds so pretty. Oh, yes. I'll have to say it in Scottish for you, because it's actually... Like I know, yes. That was... <laughs> dad was Scottish, yeah? Yes, he was. <laughs> so... We just want to know a little bit about you. So we've told our listeners, obviously tuning in to us today, that really your life a few years ago took a massive U-turn that you haven't seen coming. So just tell us like what, the circumstances surrounding that, what was happening in that lead of how good your life was and what happened. So uh, it was 2012 and it was sort of, my life changed in an instant, well, three times in the same year actually. Uh, January 2012, you know, New Year's Day, I was working as the director of education for a private, um, similar to a private college, basically, you would say, for, for kids, for extra help, for tutoring. And I ran the program. I had been a teacher and I had been a therapist. I am now neither one of those things. I, my life just keeps on moving. And I was starting to do a lot of writing and designing and creating for people sort of on the side as literally a creative outlet and a way to make a little bit of extra money. I had three children and I was married and my best friend in the whole world was my father. So that's basically a snapshot of what life was like. Money was a little bit tight, but we were doing okay and everything was pretty good. Um, my son especially had a lot of uh, panic and stress issues and some anger-based panic and stress issues because that's typical for little boys. If their girls feel panicky, they have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. If boys feel panicky, they have temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. So in 2012, um, my, in February, basically, my now ex-husband and I separated mm -hmm. and he left. And then in July of the same year, so I had to really get used to the idea of being a single parent. My parents were not supportive of the divorce. Um, we had tried counseling. We had tried all kinds of different things. We just were not the people. We've been together for 10 years, and over those 10 years became very different people. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that I wouldn't go on a first date with this person, I also realized I probably shouldn't be married to this person. And my children were seeing a marriage that was not what I would want for them. Mm -hmm. So that was really my biggest impetus to leave, mm -hmm. was I was modeling this every day for my kids, that this is, this is what you should expect when you are being a husband, and this is what you should expect when you're being a wife, and that wasn't okay for me. Mm. And then in July, um, my father had... He had been having a headache for a while, and he was an avid golfer, and he was having trouble adding up his golf scores. 
it was the only thing that, that was sort of coming out at the start of July. And then the night of July 22nd, he had a seizure. Now, in 2004, um, my, the other member of my support team growing up was my younger sister. And she had, uh, had epilepsy. And she, got, she had a mosquito bite when she was two years old. It left her with viral encephalitis. It's a whole long story. But it took her, you know, she died at 22. She got sick at two. So she was sick for 20 years. So we knew how to do long-term hospital. We knew how to do long-term sickness. Yeah. She died when my, I was eight and a half months pregnant with my son. Mm -hmm. So she never got to meet him, which was one of my biggest, my biggest regrets in life was that they never had that chance to meet. Mm -hmm. So when my dad got sick, um, he had a seizure and we kind of knew how to deal with seizures again, because having a kid who has epilepsy your whole life, mm -hmm. um, but they went, he went into the hospital and they said he has a glioblastoma right about here. Mm -hmm. And that is the most aggressive kind of brain tumor. Mm -hmm. There is no surviving it. There's no treating it. And we were really upset because um, my sister and I actually had babies on the same morning. Really? Wow. <laughs> an hour apart. Wow. I won by half an hour. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we always called them the twin cousins because they were, I mean, literally born a half, in the same city at two different hospitals. And so my poor parents had to choose which hospital to go to. And it was pretty funny. Wow. So, Talk about being in sync. So they were two at the time. They had just turned two. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, my goodness, he's not going to see them graduate. He might not even see them enter school in kindergarten. Um, so that was our thought in January, in July, sorry. And then in August, things went downhill pretty quickly. And then he died in September. Oh, my God. Just... We thought we had five years. Yeah. 10 years, and we had uh, seven weeks, seven weeks to adjust to this. So I've done the long-term death thing, yeah. and I've done the super short-term death thing, and I would prefer the long one mm. for me, and I would prefer the short one for them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can resonate with that because uh, my father passed away just three months ago, so I understand how you're feeling. And um, mine was a little bit different. My dad did actually have a long-term terminal illness. Still, mm -hmm. still the same when it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a little bit of time to try and adjust to it. Yeah. So, and one, yeah, one of the things about the long-term is you kind of start feeling like they've always come back, therefore they'll always come back. Mm -hmm. My sister had so many scares that you just don't believe this one's going to be the end. Yeah. Because it, it never has been. So the shock is not hugely different. Mm -hmm. It's just with my dad, we didn't have time. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, and my husband's dad passed away just after my son was born. And he mm -hmm. had the same, you know, for 12 months, we couldn't really understand how it obviously affected him. But we'd known his dad was poorly. He'd had cancer. He'd been in remission. He then got cancer again. Um, oh. He said because he just kept coming back, and there was that CS song, Titanium, and he was like, 
that was my dad. You know, he got sick and he would come back and he would fight. Yeah. So when it actually really took him in the end, even though we could see it was very different than before, he was physically, mm-hmm. you know, in a much different state. It was heartbreaking. He was like, I can't accept that he's not, he's yeah. titanium. He keeps coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so, it's, there's not one that's better and worse. They are definitely different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when my father died in September, Um, I was a single mom of three kids and I didn't have really a support system. I didn't have, um, the financial support that most people expect from the the partner when they get, when they split up. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was very much on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a very strong introvert, so I have a very hard time making friends. I don't leave the house a lot and all of those things. So what most people kind of cling to and they say, Oh, go out and get around people. I'm like, that is the last thing I want to do ever. Um, but I, it was well, there was lots of well-meaning advice, but it wasn't set up for someone like me. And when I kept saying no, 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 then I felt like I was being negative. I wasn't taking the help. There was a lot of that stuff going on, um, especially for July, August, September, October. So we get to October, and I was pretty much at breakdown point. It, would, it was awful. It was really, really bad. Where I worked was also a fairly toxic environment. Um, I worked for a family, a husband and wife, and the wife's twin sister. So they brought a lot of family drama into the workplace. And none of them were professional educators. So I, there was a lot of, well, do, we have to do this for money. And I wasn't willing to do a lot of the things for money just because it was private education. I wasn't willing to keep people on that we weren't helping. So there was a lot of issues at work and those things on top of being a single mom when I went home on top of my father dying led to um, October 25th when I went in and said, I need to go on stress leave. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to, I, I need a couple of weeks to get, well, first of all, to sleep because I hadn't slept and to get myself back, you know, I, where I, I can function because I'm not functioning very well. Just tell us and, the moment, Heather, so these weeks around then where this is all- how are you, what's going on in your head like on a daily basis at the minute when you're trying to be everything for the kids and get yourself to work and not fall apart and you know fall face first in a chocolate gato would be my first response you know so how yeah. what's going through your head right now none of it was very healthy um my my stress response is actually the opposite i stop eating right okay so i had i was not eating i was not sleeping Mm-hmm. I disappear into books a lot. I don't watch television, but I read kind of obsessively. But I stopped reading for even fun. I stopped reading for everything. I read for escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had to manage, like when I, w- I would get home from work at six o'clock in the evening, seven o'clock in the evening, and I had to spend some time with the kids. And then the smallest thing they would do, and I would just be either crying or yelling. And then we'd all sleep in my bed together because that was the only way that I felt like I was still being a mom. Yeah, yeah. So then, I, of course, I didn't sleep because I have three small kids in bed with me who are all tossing and turning and kicking each other. And I bet you were and, constantly with the guilt. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was doing everything wrong. I had all the chances, and I just messed up over and over and over again. And I, I never looked at it as 
this is an effect from what's happened this year. I looked at it as, I don't even know what's going on. I used to be able to handle things. I'm falling apart. I'm not good enough. Why can't I handle things? Like, nobody could handle this. Of course, now looking back at that person, I'm going, of course, nobody could handle this. That was crazy. Why would you try? But at the time, I really felt like everybody else in the world could manage this. And I remember thinking over and over again, this constant thought, if I could have someone else take over my life for six months, they'd be able to run this no problem. And then I could come in and take over again. You just wanted it to be almost somebody else's problem. Yeah, just because I felt like they would do a better job because everything I'm doing, it's just not working and I don't know what to do and I'm not strong enough and I'm not all... being the person you should, you want, like they always say, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. That person that I needed would have literally said, you know what? Do what you can in the run of your day. Mm-hmm. Everything does not have to be solved today or tomorrow or the next day. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happened when you asked for stress leave. Uh, when I asked for stress leave, they fired me. I mean, oh. That's just not what yeah. <laughs> No, right, right? You know, you're now a single parent and... Yeah. But they, the reason they did was my job was known as being a very high-stress job. Mm-hmm. That, that had never been hidden. Um, the girl who'd had the job before me was a very good friend of mine, and she told me over and over again not to take the job. Mm-hmm. She actually left the job because she had gone on stress leave, mm-hmm. And when she came back, her doctors had told her because she had these, she, she was experiencing panic attacks. She, it was, it was all, she was a mess. Um, Her doctor had said, you have to now work a 40 hour work week. You can't work overtime every single day. You have to take a lunch break. We didn't have lunch breaks. So I ate at my desk while I was working. There was no stopping. When I got to the office at 9am, sometimes eight or eight 30, depending when I dropped the kids off. I was there until 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. I did not physically leave because there was nobody else physically in the building. Yeah. Not legal, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Not by Canadian standards, not by anybody's standards, but it was how the business was run. So the girl that had trained me that I had taken over from had said, we, I was doing this and this, this, this is what they said when I came off of stress leave. She came back with rules. When she came back with those rules they made her life very, very difficult because all of a sudden they're like, well, we're expected to be here every day. And with this, this, it just became a very bad environment very, very quickly. So when I came in and said, I need to go on stress leave, their response was, oh, we've been through this before. That's it. We'll just get somebody else. And funny enough, I keep checking. I know you're not supposed to, but I can't help it. They haven't replaced me yet. No. Actually, running an educational facility without an educator at the helm. They just have this a business owner who's trying to run it, who's not an educator. And I was like, kind of vindication in a sense, because I told you this is like, and this is really hard. But I know that they can't be serving the kids properly, so that's something I try to very much. I have to drive by the place all the time, but I have to put that in kind of a little box. Yeah. So October 26th was the day I went in and um, I told them on the 25th I was going in to um, 
go to go have a have an appointment for stress leave tomorrow morning at nine. I went to the office because beforehand, just in case I had to go out on stress leave, I needed to make sure I took care of a few things because that's my personality. Mm -hmm. And when I went in, um, I received a phone call from one of the parents parents of one of my students, and they said, "Oh, I thought you weren't there anymore." And I was like, "I'm sorry." what and I said um, to my boss like this person's on the phone and they were all all three of them were, were in the building at eight o'clock in the morning which never happens and I was like this is weird also this parent is telling me I don't work here anymore this is weird so I went up to my boss and said why did this parent say she's not here anymore he said oh here and he handed me my termination notice wow wow just wow yeah, yeah. So they had come to my father's funeral a month before. It was a month and a week later. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so check the position here then. So you literally have become, you've lost your sister years ago and had to deal with that. You've then split up with your husband. You're a single parent of three. Mm -hmm. Then you've kind of lost your father with a very short-term illness. And now your a job's being later. terminated because you dare to suffer from stress. So most people yeah. at this point... Would I know you said you were kind of on the verge of a breakdown, but this kind of would finish well, them off. Well, so, yeah, so and it's and it's just sad in this day and age when we talk about mental health or mental ill health so much that when people actually are brave enough to put their hand up and say, "Do you know what? Like, I need a time out. I need to raise a white flag. I'm not. I'm not coping right now. I need some time." Mm -hmm. That that happens. It really upsets yeah. me mm -hmm. because it takes a lot mm -hmm. for strong women or strong men but like they go in and kind of say I need to talk yeah, out for a little while to then yeah. be, I mean you must you knew they were hard to work for something yeah. but I guess you weren't expecting yeah. that right yeah. it wasn't like you were thinking oh this is gonna no I was really close with these people yeah. they were my friends as much as they were my co-workers and my and my employers they were my friends yeah. so I was I, I can't even begin. So I left that, I left when he gave me the thing. Um, I cleaned out my office and I called a friend of mine and I said, uh, who knew what was, everything that was going on? I called him, I said, they fired me. And he didn't believe me. He thought I was kidding. And I was like, no, I, uh, I think I need you to come help me because I'm not sure I can drive. That's how it, I just, I really, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do physically. So I cleaned out my stuff and I called an employment lawyer mm -hmm. because there's still a part of me that's that my brain is still functioning. It's just cut off from everything else. Yeah. yeah. So I knew this was wrong. So I went to my doctor's appointment and he said, I'm putting you on stress leave anyway. You're going to have a note to at least go into employment insurance into somebody and say, here. And then I went to the employment lawyer and they said, well, you can, you have a case, but at the end of this case, they're going to fight you. It's going to be a full year. And at the end of the time, when you pay me, you pay the court charges, you pay everything, um, you'll maybe get a thousand dollars and your life will have been torn apart for a year. Yeah. Yeah. 